We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 15 edition, the Fantasy Playoffs edition, the uh, Snowmageddon on Saturday games edition. Now Woo! we're into this part of the season. Weather, the finally some Fest. weather, dude. Uh, the Look, we never, haven't had weather since uh, the, the uh, uh, torrential downpour that Justin Fields was in. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe we'll get to see some slip and slides like Justin Fields was doing after uh, uh, that monsoon in week one. But we are here to talk about game stacks. And I kind of, you know, was obviously joking around about the the end of the season, chaos, weather, different situations. But the, the big thing for me about this week 15, and we're going to talk about the main slate today. There's lots of content everywhere, including here on Roto-Grinders for the uh, Saturday three-game slate, which is actually where that weather issue mostly is with the Bills. 
But with there being still right Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and then taking three games, even though there are no buys and putting them on Saturdays, it gives us only a 10 game main slate on Sunday. And before we went live, Matt was reading off some of the game totals for said 10, 10 game main slate. And it gets thin pretty fast. And you actually have to really consider some of these games that, you know, what we've done on this show all year long is really focusing in on a lot of the more action packed games. Sunday, we're going to have to pick and choose some spots here that maybe don't feel quite as as comfortable as they have all season. Dario, how are you kind of feeling about about this slate? I think for a 10 game slate, this one is actually not bad. Like, I mean, we've had some 10 game slates this season where there's like maybe two games you're kind of interested in. I think last week was one of those weeks, but this week, I think there's at least three games, probably four that stand out in a pretty positive light. So, I mean, there are some real stinkers on this slate for sure, but this one also has, I think, some some pretty exciting potential. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be able to play some Buccaneers this week. Right? Oh, God. That's, that's a team we don't normally talk about. <laughs> that's, that is true. I mean, how was the last time? I mean, I don't even remember the last time I said the name Chris Godwin on this show. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, how long has it been since the the, mm-hmm. the Mike Evans tumbled from my lips? He is terrible, by the way. Oh my god, if he is I have a to terrible watch... football player, just awful. If I have to watch him and him and Brady not connect on another oh. pat, like, and they don't even come close. Like the the one this past week was Evans is like quasi open on a corner route in the end zone. You know, he was open and Brady like hit him in the ankle or something like that. It's like these not they are just. obviously there's a lot of things wrong with the bucks but brady evans is just a disaster connection right now can you imagine that was like a a big stack of yours in best ball (laughs) (laughs) thank god (laughs) thank god evans was expensive thank god i know he was expensive Uh, enough so probably not but yes that's that's definitely there have been seasons in the past where that was something you built around Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh i i think there's like Dario said, this is this slate is like kind of exciting, but uh, uh, in for weird reasons, right? There isn't any necessarily games to me that like jump out as, oh, uh, you know, there's no Chiefs Bills, there's no, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the 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 Lions Coors Field esque games that we get sometimes, you know. Um, I always think back to that Lions Seahawks game because that was the the big Lions game that like just mm-hmm. truly blew up and everybody in the whole game went for forty fantasy points including TJ Hawkinson, uh, who uh, clearly that one still haunts me. But there, there, there are some intriguing games, and in particular, a few intriguing offenses where maybe the other side isn't quite as, quite as appealing, which makes this particular show kind of fun to talk through. Um, and let, let's just go in and dive into the first one, which is the most obvious. Uh, I, mean, I guess there's two that we could call the most obvious, but I'm going to say this one's the most obvious because there's a little more fight maybe in the other side, and it's Eagles-Bears. And this feels to me like the Eagles game last week, which we also discussed Eagles. We discussed, you know, using some of the the value which which hit to get things like Jalen Hurts stacks into your lineups. And it feels so similar to me this week where if Fields and Co. can push back just enough like Daniel Jones did, right? They got blown out, but they got to 17 points or something like that that mm-hmm. just kept Hurts and everybody rolling enough that we st- – I mean, look what happens. You know, the whole offense go- the whole offense went off. Everybody, every key player, Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown. And so I feel really good about the Eagles 
doing their thing against this Bears defense. But Dario, it, it, are we going to get enough pushback from the Bears or just how are you kind of feeling about this game? I think this game, I mean, so Chase Claypool was ruled out just before we went live. Didn't have a chance to get that update into the projections because that literally was like 10 minutes before I hopped on the stream yard here. But that means that like Justin Fields is going to be throwing the ball to guys who would be on the practice squad for any other NFL roster. Cole Komet is looking very chalky for good reason. He's been getting pretty healthy target shares. And then he, you know, now he's going to be like by default, the only guy for fields to throw to this week. So I think that it, it's kind of tricky. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to push back. I think my hope is that fields is able to engineer a couple drives with his legs, right? You get a couple scrambles, a long touchdown run, maybe. And that's kind of how they're able to generate the offense. So I, I think another thing to note here is that the Bears defense has just been horrendous the last few weeks. Like they've taken a big step down. They traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. As we know, they were, you know, kind of turning all their good players into future draft capital. And the result of that is your defense is going to suck. And that's what we're seeing. And the Eagles well, are probably- by measure the worst defense in the league. It's the best defense to play against for fantasy football. All the, the points against fantasy points against position by position you go down the board you want to play the bears absolutely so let's just play the eagles so now yeah now you get the the offense we always want to play the best offense against the worst defense and like i said there's no weather 27 degrees 10 mile an hour winds no precipitation in the forecast Uh, wheels up baby i think fields dario to your point is just like kind of a no, it's crazy. We wouldn't have said this, you know, in week three or something like that. But I think he's just almost like enough of a magician, if you will. And kind mm-hmm. of their scheme can lend itself to that as well. Just, you know, you get that guy, right? I'm not going to say he's Lamar or whatever, but how many times has Lamar single-handedly kept his team in games throwing to Demarcus Robinson and stuff? You know, when you just have that dynamic player, I think Fields can do basically like a, I think they're going to get the doors beat off him, but I think he can do what, you know, Daniel Jones and, and the Giants did last week. It feels very, very similar to me. And so it just feels like wheels up on the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so basically I just pulled up, um, you guys know Ben Baldwin's website with the, all the EPA per play, the defensive tiers, offensive tiers since week 10, the bears defense is allowing 1.6.166 EPA per play. That's the same as a roughly Dak, somewhere between Dak Prescott and Jared Goff drop back per play basis. So their entire defense against run and pass is like facing an above average quarterback every single play (laughs) right now. That is that is amazing. So I guess two parts to this question then i think we've established we really like the eagles here pretty much everybody if you have an eagles jersey and you're out going to get out there onto the field you probably uh are in a, in a good spot to my two-part question matt is who should we focus in on the eagles or how how are you thinking about constructing your eagle stacks and do you need slash want uh, a bring back right a commit or one of these loser wide receivers or you know uh, anything <laughs> Poor Equinemius St. Brown, man. I mean, yes. If he's the right. first name I mean, that has to come was, out of your it was mouth. Just like a, Maybe like Bayless a, Jones will get his first target in like six weeks. <laughs> oh, no, it's not Bayless Jones. Oh, my God. Nikhil Harry, just Nikhil the Harry's bust of the world. 
You have Byron Pringle, dust. <laughs> we have a dust and a bust. So it's <laughs> dust busters at wide receiver. We'll go dust busters over losers. Far more kind than I. And then the. the well, I the mean, if I had is... to pick one, I would pick Aquanemius as a guy that he actually he can. Uh, they they get him involved in the run game a little bit with, on reverses. He does have a nice target depth, but they also throw some screens to him. Like he's actually a functional wide receiver. Uh, so you'd be the one that I would use. But remember, with Justin Fields, we like to do the inverted stacks. Mm-hmm. We invented that whole new concept, the inverted stack, where you'd stack Fields with A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. We did that because the Eagles were facing or the the Bears were facing a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. So let's just get everything we want. And, and we'll, we'll invert the stack where it's fields. Yep. I think it was fields with Waddle and Hill. Right. Yeah. That worked really well. I mean, that was another one of the many concepts we've invented and smashed as usual. However, I have a little concern here. Uh, first game back from the injury, six attempts after he was averaging 15 attempts prior. So he had three weeks with 15 attempts on average. Then he gets injured. Then he comes back. It's a 55 yard run. So he gave the yard 71 yards, but on only on six attempts. So I'm not sure. Like, it seems like we would go right back to the well with this fields. Brown Smith sounds fun. And I think we should do a few of those because they're fun. Mm -hmm. But there's really no reason to overthink this. Right. It was just we just play hurts and <laughs> you can run it back with some commit. We, we're not are we running it back with David Montgomery. No. Right. We, there's no one. How could you? Yeah. What? Not, not against this Eagles. Front no. Seven. What? Like you're hoping for tons of dump offs. Maybe. No. Yeah. Which is not the Bears thing. Right. Yeah, if, if it I was mean, a, that's not that's not Jared with Goff running back or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's there's just different scenarios where if it were a pocket passer, we'd probably do more fields. Maybe talk yourself into a little dabble on on Dave Montgomery, but because the, the way it's structured, I think it just you you say once again, Jalen Hurts stacks will lead the way. We've got these two receivers we care about, and that's it. And then you know you go on to the next game. I don't really know what else to do. I was gonna ask um, last week. I stumbled myself upon because I was doing a lot of the roster construction that we talked about here on this show and still wanted to get Eagles. I actually wasn't on my main team playing an Eagle stack, but I still wanted to get my Eagles exposure and I played Miles Sanders, which Mm -hmm. worked out quite well. So I wanted to ask about him in can you last week it would have worked. You like onslaughted the Eagles, Mm -hmm. everybody, right? Brought everybody along for the ride. They score 50 points. You win. Can we do stuff like that this week? I mean, this is the arguably the best offense against the worst defense. They're going to score as many points as they want. Or do you want to look to maybe some Miles Sanders in lieu of the passing game? And then the last one I, I wanted to ask about Dallas Goddard. Assuming he's back, we haven't officially got that confirmation. Um, how much, if any, Goddard would you be interested in playing? Just all the Eagles. <laughs> all the Eagles yeah. we're, we're interested yeah. in all of them. We've talked about this. First game back for these guys, man. I'm not that into it. You, know, you get a guy's kind of kicking and screaming with the first game back with these guys. And it I really depends they, on how chalky Cole Komet is. How chalky do you think he's going to beat Dario? I think 
Uh, the ownership projections had him pretty high up as the top tight end on FanDuel, 10% at, for the third highest tight end on DraftKings. So I guess a little bit more so on FanDuel. I think he's kind of the only... I think he's the primary Bears weapon that people are going to play as a run back in this game. I think that is what happens. I think maybe even more so than his raw ownership. I think on DraftKings, we have him fourth. I think that might move up a little bit with the because that doesn't fa- uh, factor in what Dario said about Claypool being out. But yeah. like Chigo Conquo, I think will be, will be more uh, higher owned on DraftKings specifically at 3,100. He's the shiny new toy. You know, people want to play Chargers against the Titans and him, but Komet's ownership in eagle stacks i think will be, be kind of outsized right you play your hertz double Huge. and commit fits this perfect bring back and so it's like well in that case i i don't want to play him on those teams because that's what everybody's going to play mm-hmm. oh, yeah i mean i think- st brown had 86 air yards last week i don't hate him what about can we cipher through? Look, this is what our specialty. This is what we show up for this show for. Talk about Khalif Raymond. Play some St. Brown, fellas. Khalif Raymond and all these guys yeah, we spend 20 man. minutes I, talking I, about. St. Brown's athletic. St. Brown, he's just his body is not a football body. Right? Six five wide receivers rarely work out. Right? Unless you have Calvin Johnson level athleticism, you're gonna be struggling. You know, you're, you're just going to get bodied too much. Your center of gravity is too high. But if there's nobody else, <laughs> I mean, Dante Pettis, I, I assume I'm just looking at snaps from last week. So Claypool played 63% of the snaps. Pettis played 65. Uh, ESB played 58. Byron Pringle played 38. So I would assume that we'll get the three wide receiver set of Pettis, ESB, and Pringle now that, that Claypool is out. Uh, maybe a, a, yeah, Harry is questionable, as Dario said. So I would guess it'd be those three. You know, maybe a a trick play to Valus once or something. But those three guys <laughs> out there most of the time. St. Brown's yeah. my guy. I'm I'm putting my I'm putting my chips in St. Brown. I want, I want I'm going to do some St. Brown run back. And I agree with you on on Miles Sanders. It's not like we we don't even have a 50 point game total on the slate. So that's when you're when you're onslaughting games. Right, you got to think. Well, what what am I missing out on? Right, you're yeah. not missing out on much by onslaughting this game. So go for it. It's interesting yeah. to me, Dario. And then, sorry, I'll kick it back over to you. But it's also interesting to me that Miles Sanders is his price didn't hasn't really drastically gone up either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just scored thirty fantasy points. Is in basically the best matchup of any running back on the slate, right? Mm-hmm. If any people treat the lions, like we should treat the bears, like the lion, right? The, the lions is still a, a great fantasy scoring environment, but it's not actually because the defense is bears level bad. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's because the bears also, or the lions also put up a bunch of points. Miles could just run straight through these guys. He's only at 6,500 on DraftKings, 7,800 on FanDuel, and his ownership isn't coming up. So I, I think he makes for, a pretty intriguing tournament play yet again, just just like last week. Absolutely. I think his ownership was surprisingly low to me when you consider, I think what's happening is everyone's stacking Hertz. Hertz is the number one projected ownership quarterback. So people don't really want to play Sanders with Hertz. And maybe that's suppressing uh, Sanders' ownership a little bit. But yeah, it's like I see him around 9% on DraftKings, around 11% on FanDuel, which I think is a pretty, pretty enticing... Um, spot for him to be in 
Yeah, he's getting three targets in a lot of games. It's not zero targets, yep. right? I know right. he struggled. He doesn't even have a breakaway run yet in the passing game. He will, right? He's gonna he's gonna break a long run in the you know as a receiver at some point. He does two even, in the run game last week. Yeah, he has all these in the run, run game. He's just not doing it in the passing game. That's gonna be great for Hurts. I know that Hurts is chalky, commits chalky. I get it. We're we're like you know we're all sort of just covered in chalk dust right now. <laughs> I get I get what's happening. It's a little bit of like okay, guys. Any 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 new information? We're, we're well. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to look past this. I don't want to look past it. I'm not gonna look past it. <laughs> Eighty five receiving yards for Miles Sanders so far this season. That's really probably what's driving people away from him is that he's just Mm -hmm. been such a zero. But when you look at the targets, yes, the target share hasn't been that great either, but at least he's getting two, three a game the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. And most of the season, you know, there was a a, a little clip here, but also you can no gain well last week at all. I just saw, did I see gain well at all? Very little. I can look up his very little gain. Well, Boston Scott hammered in a late touchdown, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, but oh. I didn't see much Gainwell. So I mean, and, and the snap share is going up for for Sanders. I know that Gain, was, Gainwell was, played twelve snaps. Yeah, so th- there there's some there's some snap cannibalization happening and running a few more routes. Where hey, yep. we're gonna look up. There's gonna be like a four or five target game coming soon for Sanders, and and that's that's the story we tell ourselves. We're hey, we're gonna play some hurts, but here's how you get unique. It's not a lot of not a lot of hurt Sanders because by the numbers right now, absolutely negative correlation with those two guys. No question. I get it. But knowing that you have to start doing some contrarian moves, mm-hmm. right? It's almost some self-sabotage <laughs> in, if, if you want to get unique with this game. Yeah, I, I think like I'll probably end up playing some lineups that are Fields, Sanders, and then one of yeah. Smith or A.J. Brown. So you get two Eagles, hope that Fields outscores Hurts because he's forced to use his legs a little more. And maybe Sanders is like, you know, Hurts only throws for two touchdowns and Sanders gets another two, some scenario like that. And you save, you know, $1,000 and a lot of ownership by pivoting to Fields in the same game. And then possibly just like doing naked Fields. I mean, we've, we've seen it work before. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that like is probably my like if, I, if i'm trying to get unique the way i would approach this game i i think i, I really like that and i think that uh the more we we talk this through the miles sanders thing feels like a slightly unique version of like what we saw with josh jacobs when matt said like the snap cannibal cannibalization is happening and these things it was like josh jacobs still in super long down and distance and stuff, Amir Abdullah will come in, right? And that's kind of what we saw. Like, Amir Abdullah will get his 12 snaps, like we saw with Gainwell, right? Zamir will get two carries, you know? Also, Boston Scott comes in and gets his couple carries. If, if, assuming a normal game script, obviously, when it got out of hand last week, it was different. But Miles has kind of taken over this. Now, he's not going to get the amount of checkdowns because Hertz doesn't check it down like, like a Derek Carr does or something. But he's kind of like taken over to me all the most important work in this offense. Oh yeah. Outside of outside of maybe like the two minute drill or something. And no one's like caring, <laughs> even though it's the best offense in in, you know, arguably the best offense in and, the NFL. So and a he's very inter- run he's heavy offense at that. Yeah. 
yeah. when we see and, when we talk and, about the best offenses, you think of you know pass heavy offenses like the Chiefs and the Bills, but this is a team that moves the ball really efficiently just by pounding you on the ground. So I think that and Hertz really adds to Sanders' efficiency. It's not like you have a Derrick Henry situation where he could have a game with 3.1 yards per carry. I mean, like oh. Sanders is averaging five yards a carry on the year because of the threat. <laughs> don't, of don't, don't, do, don't go Alfred Morris corollary on me. Dario, you get me, <laughs> you get me a little, I'm getting, I'm starting to sweat a little bit. It feels like that though. It, it really is. Well, it is. It's a true yeah. thing. No. It's a true fact. Uh, Last six weeks, 16 red zone carries for Miles Sanders. Yeah, he could have he could have had bigger games. He, I, I've watched him get, uh, as a person heavily invested in him in best ball. He's very important for my 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 bank account uh, these next three weeks. <laughs> hey, nice, good for but, you, man. I was uh, I fell for the Gainwell T-shirt. I, I have a lot of Gainwell. T- I, I fell the for the Gainwell T-shirt. I, I guilty, guilty. Yeah. You know? I was I was I was just in on the Eagles and uh, luckily got onto a lot of Miles Sanders, so that is helping. Um, and so uh, you know maybe there's a little bias in this this Miles Sanders take, but I really do think um, everything we're seeing, you guys have outlined it perfectly, is kind of leaning into him. I think you can build. I like the fields Miles with one of the wide receivers. I think you can just like onslaught like the Eagles and use your ES right. How do you get Hertz, AJB, Miles? If you want to really go crazy and put Devonta in there, especially if Goddard doesn't play, then mm-hmm. you can just really load up. Use your ESB to to get your salary savings to get those guys. I, I just think that ESB is also really... the only guy. I hate to say it. I, I don't think I've ever used this phrase before. ESB is the only eye test guy in this receiving core. <laughs> that is true. I mean, he's the only guy that the gets Dante the ball Pettis type? in the passing game. And I'm like, oh, this is in- this is exciting. <laughs> this looks good. This guy looks like he has a clue out there. This is fun. <laughs> Please don't mention Dante Pettis, Dario. Remember how many years ago was it that Pettis was on the 49ers and he got dog? He got he he was he was Brandon Ayuk before Brandon Ayuk, except not good. <laughs> it was like 2016, maybe. He got doghoused or whatever. You know, he was like a the the breakout wide receiver pick on the dusty 49ers, and uh, and he just bent. He didn't even play. He's like Alberto. He's like, he's the wide receiver Alberto, oh, basically. Um, I want to move on to the next game and i think i will i think we should talk about a game that feels similar to this one in terms of the expected game script and uh high-powered offense against quite terrible team on the other side and then we can start to get into the ones where we might actually get a little bit of pushback each each side chiefs texans is the other one that feels very very similar to me to eagles bears however with the chiefs (laughs) I'm definitely going to need you guys to tell me who, who besides Travis Kelsey we can play on the Chiefs because they should score as many points as they want to score. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. I could be talked into a lot of guys here on the mm-hmm. Chiefs side. So Dario, start to help me out with the Chiefs, and then we'll we'll go dumpster diving eventually on all these these. What <laughs> I'm not allowed to call them losers. I'll come up with a new all these these uh, <laughs> these castaways castaways just, on the. It was the just text. when you said it. it just, I don't know why. I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a game like everything's lining up perfectly for Isaiah Pacheco. Like we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about him week in week out. It feels like, and he's had promising usage, but not really had a monster signature game yet this season. It's coming. And I, I think against the Texans who have the worst run defense in the league, it just feels like 
this is going to be the spot for Pacheco. And I think that Kadarius Tony is a possible return this week. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Sounds like me, Cole Hardman, they're leaning toward having him sit one more week. So yeah. that's at least one thing that's a little clearer. But I think even with Tony, Tony. you probably want to limit your pass catcher exposure to like Juju, Kelsey, and then a little bit of Tony, a little bit of MVS. I think we, when Tony and Hardman were out, you can roll the dice on Justin Watson or Sky Moore. But I think with Tony back, it's kind of those three receivers with Tony, MVS, Juju, and then Kelsey. You know, I can already read all the best ball articles for Kadarius Tony in 2023 comparing him to Curtis Samuel. <laughs> it's like they write themselves. <laughs> right? I've already they're already written, guys. AI bots have already wrote don't even bother writing them. They're yeah. already written, okay? You don't need to write them. I'm also not going to pay attention to them cuz it's not correct. They're not the same player. Kadarius Tony's never going to happen. Pacheco <laughs> is though. Pacheco is I have the most fraudulent stat uh, of the year, if you guys want it, you guys want it? Yes. Hit me with it. Isaiah Pacheco has increased his total receptions on a per game basis for the last four weeks. Oh, you that is. Yeah, that is very, very true. Look at this. That's right. For the last four weeks, Pacheco has increased his targets and his receptions each and every week. It went from zero to one to two <laughs> to three. If, Pencil if in Pacheco, four. four targets, four, four receptions. If he doesn't if have four, four if he doesn't week. have four targets and four catches, I mean, I will eat my hat. <laughs> okay. This is and the logic. I've never seen something more certain. <laughs> You know, in in the history of of, of this sort of is advanced numbers, <laughs> inside DFS. I mean, analytics. this is really analytical stuff you're getting from us over here at Player Profiler. <laughs> Though it is interesting, oh. right, that he is getting a little bit more incrementally used in the passing yep. game. Uh, it's a fraudulent stat, but it's not nothing. I mean, just a little bit of it, it, it. Like you said, I think it when you take it in the whole picture. And you say they're clearly just trusting him more. However, mm -hmm. you want to break that down in specific analytics. I'm not sure the stepladder target uh, target uh, we, Man, weekly targets. Man, in this Super Bowl, is going to get like nine targets. <laughs> <laughs> How many weeks away is the Super Bowl? Yeah, <laughs> maybe like that eleven. Took me a second, Dario. <laughs> that took me a second, and then when I once it hit, <sighs> man, it was so good. It felt so. We're going to have to hit. <laughs> We're going to have to do a Super Bowl show and we're going to be jamming that Pacheco captain because he that's, continues. That's content, people. That, that is good. But I, I mean, I do think to be serious, P Pacheco feels like this <laughs> dollar store version of the Miles Sanders conversation we just had. Continuing to earn a little bit more and a little bit more. Now, McKinnon is certainly a lot more of a thorn in the side than Gainwell, but they also don't have a Boston Scott. So it's kind of like you're giving up some of that. Boston Scott risk randomly siphoning off a touchdown uh, to give away some of the, you know, pass game work and stuff that McKinnon is getting. But in this game, uh, you know, unless Mahomes does his crazy <laughs> pulls off another, you know, pulls a rabbit out of a hat on a scramble where he throws the ball over his head to McKinnon for a long touchdown. 
theoretically, it lines up a lot more for for Pacheco this week. So, I, I mean, I think he makes a lot of sense in tournaments. Is he, Matt, would he be your favorite chief, though, to yes. play? Or yes, you still yes. this okay. is a slap your forehead game for Pacheco. It's a slap your forehead game all the way. It's going to be six o'clock and you, everyone's going to be like, how did how did we not have more Pacheco? I mean, wasn't it obvious? Yes, it was obvious. Why didn't you? Well, it's Pacheco. I don't know. Seventh mm-hmm. round pick <laughs> hasn't done it before. All those things. Right. We It's, it's, it's everything. Right. I mean, I can so I can I can so in my head envision like watching the Red Zone channel and then flashing. Right. And and Scott Hansen, And you could just see Pacheco running down the sideline <laughs> right and they're just flashing they're just flashing to a chiefs game because they, they weren't in the red zone at the time but then quickly flashing to a chiefs game where there goes pacheco and everyone's like oh that's of course <laughs> oh of co- yeah of, of course he runs a four three seven the yeah. guy's really explosive he just hasn't had a big long hairy touchdown run yet it's a great gift that he hasn't done it yet had he done it once this year Everyone would be like, "Oh well, ooh, this is the new, we're gonna get two of those this week." Yeah, he would be sixty seven hundred and more popular, right? We it's funny how that it works. Yeah, there's been yeah. no. I mean, he's been. It's been so tantalizing, so close, right? He, he's not the best, like fundamentally sound runner. I know that. <laughs> no, he runs right. Like a crazy person. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he doesn't look under control out there. <laughs> Right. He looks like he's just learning the position. But like, isn't that like exactly what we're looking for here? Isn't that exactly what we, we the aesthetics aren't quite right? The game log watchers are like, eh, this guy's an RB17. It's so perfect. It's why we have player profiler. Like, no, guys. No, no, no. They give up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs in the running game, not in the passing game. That's why we break it down. It's very important. We have a next game block on player profile. We break it down. Defensive matchup by rush versus receiving for running backs. And Houston is number one in fantasy points against on the ground. And they're actually above average in terms of their defense against receiving backs. So this isn't the week to play McKinnon. It's a bad week for McKinnon. It's the week for Pacheco. Mm-hmm. So I do it. think I'm just not overthinking it. Why I, would I? I, I? I agree with you. I'm I'm more intrigued now. Maybe the greatest quarterback of all time is uh, not someone I I really want to like stick my neck out and say no. I, uh, you can't play him. Oh, Patrick you're playing can, him. Patrick Mahomes can bury you at any point. But I think oh. if we're if we're if we're racking and stacking the Chiefs side of things, like in comparison to the Eagles game, uh, I I would I would I think I would be on more Pacheco and more Hurts than Mahomes. You know, out of one fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if I were if I were deciding between the premium stacks, right, I yes. would lean more into Hertz and less into Mahomes. Again, yeah, if you're talking you're about total, playing. yeah, total shares out of 150, mm-hmm. you're going to have more Hertz and Pacheco than Mahomes, but you're certainly going to have Mahomes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we want Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, it, the nice it, thing about Mahomes is that the, the Houston doesn't give up a lot of. There's so much, the, the the game script is just so positive when you face the Texans. The quarterbacks don't need to drop back much, so mm-hmm. they don't actually score that many fantasy points against Houston. That's a factor here. Like we're going to look up. It's going to be Mahomes, like 260 yards, two touchdowns, and, you know, good, great, cool. <laughs> and, and, and what I want to talk about now, this, people have some good questions. 
shit, I have some questions about the Texans side of things is what we saw last week with them. Now, one could easily argue that was a the most obvious uh, situation of the Cowboys being the Cowboys and just letting the Texans, you know, nearly beat them for some unbelievable reason. But if they can right do like what we talked about with the with the Giants last week against the Eagles and the Bears this week against the Eagles, and if they could do what they did against the Cowboys this week, I'm not saying they need to be beating the Chiefs, but pushing them right scoring points they scored a bunch of points last week against the cowboys if that happens then your mahomes stacks are like okay now i don't have any patrick mahomes and the texans are up 14 to 3 you know or whatever uh am i expecting that of course not but i do think that clearly there are texans here that are going to get played in 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 tournaments Mm. damian pierce is out uh, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are out again. So there's theoretical value here. But Dario is there. You know, was this a smokescreen last week? What? Uh, how do you feel about all this uh, with these Texans? I just think that, I mean, Chris Moore, it's funny because I know you and I talked about Chris Moore weeks ago, Eric. And uh-huh. we were like, we were, we were on him before anyone else knew. And then the, last week was when he finally broke out big in a big way. But I just think at 23% ownership, you're just taking Are you on way kidding too much me? risk. No, for what? <laughs> no, shut. He's the second highest projected oh, home player. Can you? St- <laughs> I feel like this is every other weekend on this show. I, you guys, do this to me. It's like a slap in the face. I'm like insulted. What? Yeah, Chris How? Moore was Chris Moore was cute when it was half a percent ownership. Oh. <laughs> God, but this is this is extreme. I think that oh, I mean I'm surprised just, these people are just asking for just Philip Dorset down their throat. Where's Burkhead's ownership? Because I would have thought yep, that he'd be the mean. chalk pivot. He's only what is he like less than five k on DraftKings, isn't what he? The hell? Burkhead's way down there. Burkhead is half a forty six hundred, and he's half a percent owned. Yeah, can you can I want to hear what you guys are thinking about that uh, backfield though, Burkhead. Uh, Dare, are they gonna bring Jared Dokes up or what? What? what, what well, Goomba Wale the... catches passes. That's the issue. Is uh, if Burkhead's gonna go into the Damian Pierce role, that's a pretty shitty role for fantasy. <laughs> yes, I. I mean, I think that Burkhead has kind of he's established himself as a pass catching back this year, but he hasn't had a game with more than two targets since week seven. So he kind of got phased out as the team started trusting Pierce more in the passing game. Right. And I think that the, um, the, all the changeups at quarterback, I don't think Kyle Allen was throwing as much to the running backs in general. Like Davis Mills was a big dump off guy. Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce both had healthy target shares for, for a little stretch there. And then, I mean, Burkhead hasn't seen more than 25% of snaps since also week seven. So he's, mm-hmm kind of just been getting phased out in favor of pierce for a little while now i don't that, that definitely complicates things but i think that he's i mean for 4.6k in a game where he has the proven pass catching chops and we we know they're going to be playing from behind i think that i mean i i thought he was going to be chalk like when i was doing you know looking at lineups early in the week the salaries he seemed like an obvious value should Pierce missed the game and I, I think at half a percent that's like kind of a 
He's that that makes him my easy run yeah. back on the Texans easy, for sure. Easy, yeah. easy, easy, easy money. We're always looking for value, right? We didn't we talk about this? RB two, whatever. <laughs> yep. Right? It's RB two, whatever, man. Whatever you want to do at RB, I don't care. I don't care. Whatever you want to do at RB two, whatever. Like, it's like we'll when you're drafting out, your okay. best ball teams, you get one running back in the first two rounds, <laughs> yeah. and then don't even think about RB two until I, round ten. Don't ask me yeah. on Friday what we're doing. Ask me Sunday morning what we're doing with RB two, and I'll tell you. <laughs> Right, and we'll figure it out, and it's going to be a crusty friggin' who cares. <laughs> I mean, like, last week that could have led you to stumble upon Jarek McKinnon for all yes, you Yes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. J.K. So Dobbins. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Like, yeah. what if they start Goomba Wale or something, and they announce him as a star? I don't know what's going to happen. Probably going to announce Burkhead, though. Why not? Yeah. They're probably when, when he's announced the starter, he's going to get 15 touches, and you're going to want to play him. It's that easy. It's that simple. I do Maybe. think there the 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 concern is just would any of these guys really take on a true meaningful role? I do agree that the price and as a runback option, uh, p- particularly with honestly both of the two guys having pass catching chops, it makes it a lot more comfortable than say when we used to talk about Pierce at like sixty two hundred with potential mm-hmm. to get scripted out. Oh, right, that yeah. that th- those Gross. were issues. So it's it's much better now. But I do think. That's a name. That's a name, Eric. Have we used the name Damian Pierce in the show? Like, no, he's always chalk. He's always, he's always chalk. I know, but think about it. I mean, I'm not trying to like sell. This isn't a commercial for this show. Okay. I'm not trying to do a commercial, but okay. (laughs) There are certain teams that don't show up in our analysis very often. And there are certain players within that subset of teams that just don't show up for the variety of reasons because we don't talk about their team. We don't talk about types of players that they are just so happens that we've recommended Damian Pierce. Absolutely never. <laughs> and it, I can't, and was anyone uh, kicking themselves? Oh, damn it. I wish I'd played Pierce maybe once, but that was before anyone was really playing him. Right. So, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I do. I do agree. Um, I did just want to touch on, I think that the running back position is just maybe a smidge trickier than like, I'm definitely not saying don't play Burkhead, but I think it feels comfy because like we've seen Burkhead do it before, right? He has the, uh, had that passing down role before he did get out snapped somewhat handily by Dare last week. They did have Eno play some snaps too. I just feel like it could be like, Eno's out of 40 percent though. He got, got yeah. claimed by the <laughs> yeah. Saints. Because apparently he's the world's biggest asshole that lives. Like, why don't why they? Cl- he, why don't they? I, I met Eno Benjamin at the Senior Bowl. Fantastic fellow. Is he? A, yeah. Well, he's he, he was a nice guy. I think he's become. You. I think he's become embittered by the league. He had a bad <laughs> attitude. I think you have a bad yeah. attitude. And, and you know what, buddy? Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get Dokes or Freeman in here. I mean, the Royce Freeman is a threat to steel carries. I have him yeah. projected for a little bit of a I, mean, I think the Royce Freeman is a more likely candidate to get called up than Jared Dokes. Yeah. So that's just my fear that they, they're going to bring up. If they bring up Freeman, it's going to get very muddled. You're right. You're right. But you're going to do you're going to do some Burkhead run back. You are going to do that. Mm-hmm. Not the craziest thing. Five catches for 30 yards is yeah, no. eight points right there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because Burkhead just has those games on his resume where he'll come in, be a starter for a team for out of pure desperation. I mean, looking at 28 points and two touchdowns week 16 last year, 
I feel like he does oh. this every year. He comes in every with a year 20 at plus the end point of the season. performance <laughs> in the end of the season. Yeah, just team... hammering home touchdowns. Yes. And then mm. Damian Pierce was like, where was this carry when I wanted it? <laughs> Add this to our Pacheco analysis of, you know, every week he gains another target. Every year, De- uh, Rex Burkhead has a big game at the end of the season. So this one, you know, this has got to be. Yeah, this, dude, be this a, is I, not Pacheco level slap your forehead. This is like, <laughs> hey, this is a thing that could maybe happen. So dabble, mm-hmm. but don't be. He definitely crazy. has the upside, right? He clearly has the, and not even just because of what, you know, years past. I mean, if he's going to get right, Damian Pierce would have had the upside if he didn't lose all the these valuable pass catching you know opportunities when the team would fall behind well if you give that to a guy plus you give him the goal line work Mm -hmm. and you know some of this inefficient work well now he does have the upside especially at 4600 it's just there's also scenarios in which it's like 30 percent to to you right it's oprah you get a carry you get a gary you get a gary and you know we don't we don't really care about any of them if we don't care about any of them no i know i I really don't want to talk about mega chop chris moore but is there but can we leverage off of chris moore at all with any of these other guys amari rogers popped up for uh it's a packers castaway wide receiver slate let's play amari rogers and and es and, and, and esb but can we play dorset or amari rogers if we're not playing a chalk chris moore i think you might as well play dorset he's running all the routes like one thank one you. week could be chris moore and the next week could be dorset like thank you i think it's just as reasonable he's run you know 92 percent of the routes last week 75 the week before he didn't really get the looks last week but he had trayvon Diggs on him so this week maybe the chiefs say oh chris moore's your best receiver and then that opens things up for dorset i don't know i just think that with yeah with, with the way that um the the 23 percent is is absurd for he ran a 428 at his pro day fellas the guy has deep speed. That's what you're looking for at value. Coming in at 3.3K on DraftKings, 5.3K on FanDuel. This is this is the run back, fellas. Ownership's going like to be like it. 2%. This is it. This is it. He breaks free for a long touchdown. He puts up three for 101 and a touch. Got to get to that bonus, Eric. I think... <laughs> Tell that to please, DJ don't, Chark. Don't uh, don't chark us. Yeah, please don't chark us around. Yards. I can't do any more ninety nine yards on unknown. Stop charking unknown around players. Yeah, um, to that hundred yards. I do think. Uh, do I remember when we finally got the Foster Moreau week? We spent mm-hmm. that Friday talking about like, okay, look, everybody has. I'm not. It's not quite the same thing. Cause it's not like people were playing Dorset frequently, but everybody had given up on Foster Moreau, and you said it perfectly. It's like. Nothing has changed. He's still getting targets. He runs every single route. He's out there. The matchup's good. Blah blah blah. It's gonna come. And like Philip Dorsett feels like you know uh, a you know crappier but wide receiver version of that to me. It's like everybody's focusing in. I I think people will actually play Amari Rogers because he mm. produced last week despite the fact that he really didn't. He ran half the routes or so. And so it's like people are just gonna gravitate to the guys who did it last week. The difference between Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett is, okay, maybe Chris Moore is a little bit better, right? Should project a little bit better. But I think we're really focusing in on the fact that he drew all those targets last week when in reality, there's nothing in Chris Moore's history to say he earns that many more targets than Philip Dorsett does. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like that that type of a situation. Let's let's play the guy that is doing the same thing as Chris Moore, basically, but just it just has, you know, the ball hasn't bounced his way quite quite the same. Totally, yeah. yeah. I, I, and in some ways, Dorsett has some similarities to Pacheco in that way as well. 
So that's where, you know, 5.9K on DraftKings for Pacheco, 3.3 for Dorsett, right? You're spending less than 10K on two players. That's incredible value. That's a skinny stack of a game with one of the highest totals uh, for two players that could get could get some, you know, score three touchdowns between them. Mm-hmm. And like on your guys's point projections, it looks like there's about a five point gap between yeah. Moore and Dorsett. I have them a lot closer together on our projections at player profiler. It's more like a two, two and a half point gap. So I, I think, think that, that I, I think that like, sounds a little bit closer to me. I, I don't think that there's, I'm not going to take a one game sample from Chris Moore as like, Chris Oh, Moore. this guy's, this guy's a hidden gem. <laughs> they just unlocked. He's, he's been, he's been a target target volume King this entire season, just waiting in the wings. I, I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, we've seen 10 target games from Nico Collins week in and week out. So I, I think that this Texans offense is just kind of, you know, they're 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 just waiting for the draft to roll around. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes, 100%. but in the worst way, playing all these thirty-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, why 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 can't what Brevin are you Jordan doing on the field? Why can't Brevin Jordan get on the field? Can someone just explain play this your to me? rookies? I don't get this. I don't oh. get it. The NFL, man. Don't even get me started. Yeah, they're going to roll out Royce Freeman. And don't Rex get me started. At running back. And and th- their receiving room is like o- old. Like literally, really. Chris Moore's 29. Dorsett's 29. Like what What are we doing here? Uh, anyway, let's move on from the, those uh, uh, unfortunate fellas there on the Texans. We talked about them enough. Let's talk about a game that's a lot more fun to actually play both sides on and you don't have to play a chalky Chris Moore or talk yourself into Philip Dorsett or, or anything like that. Cowboys I don't need to be talking to, to Dorsett. Cowboy. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're going to be playing 150 uh, ESB and oh Philip yeah. Dors- way, Philip Dorsett. Out, way out ahead on. Dorsett. It's like you, you can afford your, your Eagles super stack with Jamar chase. If you just play nobodies in the rest of your lineup, this <laughs> yeah. is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this season is so stupid. Um, <laughs> Cowboys Jags though is a lot more fun, uh, uh, you know, kind of on both sides, game environment, all that. A little bit more of a typical game we like to talk about here, where we kind of expect a little bit more fireworks on both sides, some pushback. Um, but it's interesting because uh, I-, I find myself naturally kind of gravitating to Dak Prescott stacks um, here. I think that we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry. 
with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The field will be a little bit more interested in uh, the other side with with Trevor Lawrence because he's been the guy kind of ripping it up and he's still he's still cheap. Whereas Dak has not been awesome fantasy-wise. You know, he's 15, 17, 20, whatever. You know, a, a high game of 26. But... If you go look at those games, they're scoring a ton of points and they're playing really efficiently on offense, especially since Gallup has been back. It's just damn Zeke and Pollard score every one of the touchdowns. And the moment that flips, I mean, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Land, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, all at reasonable prices and reasonable ownership, I think um, is, is something I'm interested in. I know we're showing here as Dak being a little higher owned and he will be on DraftKings, but like FanDuel at 7,500, you know, just feels like a smash to me. I don't know what you guys think about uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, I was, I'm surprised that Tony Pollard's ownership isn't any higher. I mean, I know that his price just keeps going up because he keeps crushing. Is that a recording from every week that you're saying right now? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. Like it's, it's shocking to me that he's only projected for 6% on DraftKings. And I mean, 2% on FanDuel makes sense because he's like really priced up on FanDuel. Yeah. But I mean, I, I would have expected him to be in the like 15% range. And I was ready to say, okay, instead of Pollard at 15%, play Zeke at 3% now that Zeke is cheaper. But I mean, they're both kind of low owned. I mean, Zeke even more so. I think that, I mean, yeah, going into the week, I was looking at Zeke and just saying, you know, he's gotten cheaper now. He's still getting the goal line touches. He's still got a pretty decent role. But I mean, the fact that Pollard isn't even as chalky as he should be um, mm-hmm. just makes me say like, keep, keep playing both of those guys. But I think you're right in, in looking to Dak too. like this, this Cowboys offense, like you said, has just been hyper efficient these last few weeks. Why not? Why yeah, not? What's your favorite? I mean, every every week, every week we talk about this, we're, we're, we're overweight on Dak and underweight on Trevor Lawrence. That's every week on this show, mm-hmm. right? Dak's back, baby. Let's go. He looks good. I yeah, think he you, looks great. He looks great. You have, you have all these Gallup. options. You have, it's, it's 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 you have you have it's dealer's choice. You can go lamb. You want to pay up for the, the the premium option. You've got your discount outside sort of fake X in Gallup. <laughs> You've got your target hog in tight end in Schultz. You've got your pass catching running back in Pollard, where there's not actually the uh, the negative correlation that you're getting with like a Zeke. I mean, dealer's choice, but that's why you, you end up being so far out ahead on ownership with Dak because you have just a lot of different options, a lot of different combinations you can play. Definitely. Um, do you do you guys have a a 
preference of a cowboy and then uh dario what do you think about the the jag side because christian kirk has just never really been a guy at the prices he's gotten to after he's really kind of exploded and then he always gets ownership too he, he becomes a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a tricky click for me sometimes not that he's bad um zay if zay's getting ownership it's always like kind of a no for me we talked about him in yeah, the it's funny. past we, couple like, of weeks the the zay train is always like high ownership sucks does well yeah. on low ownership and then it's, just, amazing. Like, yeah, it's amazing we've aced the zay test you know <laughs> yeah. there's nowhere else if i had to give like a resume for this show be like <laughs> zay jones every week we get it right <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. I think that I mean eleven percent not as bad as the the week that we were looking at like twenty plus percent Zay Jones. That was the hard fade. That was like a Chris Moore situation where it's like, hey guys, yeah, I'm yeah. fine getting beat by this guy. <laughs> you check check my ownership at zero, please, on this guy. It's Chris it, it Moore. This, please write was, down a zero. Thank you. This is this is literally the Chris Moore like career high targets, career game, right? 11 catches for 145 for Zay. And everybody says, oh, now it's the Lions. Got to play him. Got to play Chris Moore on the bring back right to to the Chiefs. He had the big game. And then two for six, two for 16 the next week. Just feels, that's just what it feels like. And that, I mean, that's what I feel about Zay this week as well. Not, not just because he had a big game again last week, but, you know, this is a tougher spot, right? He has, he's an inconsistent player. This is not the world's best spot. His price is like fine, but not great. Like honestly, I've been joking about ESB and the kind of scrubby wide receivers we've been talking about. I would much rather punt with one of those guys than play Zay at his at his ownership. I think even though like it's fine, like I'm twelve percent or whatever, but I'm just not excited about oh, it. I'm struggling God. with the Jaguars because I'm not excited about. It. I'm no, not excited about anybody. How can you get excited? It's hard to get excited. We're 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 very much in a uh, sort of a a one-sided stacking week mm-hmm. i mean last week evan ingram i mean we kind of have to talk about that right i mean yeah. 160 yards two touchdowns i believe was the stat line he went full yep. hawkinson on us yeah god damn it yeah he went full, but by the answer to your question eric uh, the answer is michael gallup so yep. michael gallup has not been this cheap in my memory since what maybe his second year in the league? It's been forever. Four point five K is as cheap as I've ever seen him. Yeah, at least this year. Yeah, and then last year, I mean, we, we before the ACL tear, he was more expensive than that. So it's like it's oh, yeah. not. It, you're get, you're getting great value against the Jaguars. The the targets are there. Seven targets a game. He's getting incrementally more confident in the knee as the weeks go on. We're going to look up one of these weeks and, oh, what is it? Eight weeks into the season, post-ACL recovery, the guy has one of these monster 120 yards and two touchdowns, and that's going to be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. We're X weeks in from the ACL recovery, and he's finally fully confident, and he played the Jaguars. It all lines up, and we just so happen to run into the the lowest salary uh, of the year for him so i think it it just makes too much sense and because this isn't a go-to game for people then you know and and he's michael gallup like he's about to be 27 years old and everyone's over him his ownership is hovering around 2.5 percent everything is lining up for me with michael gallup this week not a guy we love to play not a guy i'm I'm like you know but this would be the week Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, and I, I think I, I I mentioned this last week. I played him last week. I think he's just he's been getting targets at least six targets in five of the last six games. A lot of air yards, you know, 71 air yards, 135, 76, 98. This is just like the nature of Michael Gallup. He had the two touchdown game on a Sunday night, of course. So none of us got to play him <laughs> on a main slate that though. week. That's kind of good. That doesn't, that, that's, it, he hasn't yeah, really it, been a factor still on the main sneaky. slate. Yeah. It's a main I slate like it. breakout for Mr. Michael Gallup. I, th- I feel like that's like one of those uh, people that Eric has a star next to him. This feels Michael I, Gallup. It feels like a very uh, this feels like a very Eric pick. A hundred percent. This feels he he feels you you said it earlier. He he feels Charkian to me. Oh, very Bef- right. It's the same arc that Chark took. Get back on the field, right? <laughs> That's step one. Get back on the field. Start running all the routes. Then start to get a little comfortable, and now you're getting you're getting the air yards, right? It just and it hasn't popped the in the Jaguars. box score. And the, yeah, and you get this amazing matchup. It's like that's yeah. what happened with DJ Chark, and then poof, Vikings game, right? And Trayvon they, Campbell they or whoever the hell. Yeah, and I think that we've seen Trevor Lawrence take some big steps forward the last few weeks. So I do feel more confident about the Jaguars pushing the Cowboys back in this game. Definitely. Than if this game were in like week three of this year when the Jaguars were looking. I mean, the Jaguars actually looked really good in week three, but you know, for for a while there, they were kind of lost. Um, and so I, I think that's a factor here too. But like Matt said, I think that it's tough to. I think we we don't want to exactly chase the last week's result for Lawrence either. I, I think that the Cowboys defense is a very different beast than, um, you know, who, I think it was the Titans, like the Titans pass yeah. defense is a joke that he, he shredded last week, which, yep. yeah, I think, yeah, that's, but yeah, in, in, in summary, I think you can be hopeful that Trevor Lawrence can at least put up more of a fight than, than we, might have I, I don't mind point ago. chase on Evan Ingram though. I, I was just gonna say he's uh, kind of uh, yeah, sign me up to point chase Evan Ingram. He's three percent. It, it's you know point chasing when everyone else is point chasing, mm-hmm. right? Zay Jones. See, he's his teammate. When you he's when big. you point chase just to point chase, and and all of our opponents are doing it, it's like well, that's the easiest call not to do it. Exactly. But no one is doing this. Tight end as usual. I mean, Chig. I like Chig. Okay. I like Chig Conquo just fine. But that's the highest tight end on the yeah. slate. Chig well, that's Conquo. point chasing. Right. Well, that but, is right. point and, chasing. And Chig, I mean, like, again, also like Chig, but he's still running less routes than Austin Hooper. Like, he's yeah. still he's, he's a John U. Smith. Yeah. But the shiny but toys are so easy to spot. It's like and so he, down the Ingram road, I can this, see it. Ingram then makes this bring back easy. that, like, Who's to say? I know. I know it, the matchup, right? I'm not. No one is expecting 15. Tar- I don't need 42 points to win <laughs> with Evan Ingram. You know what I mean? 18, he had 14 20. the week before. He's had 18. He's had 15. He's had 12. He's had 13. It's like do that, and he's and still dirt cheap. Yeah, we're getting yeah, he's him for free. We're getting the 18. That's our goal. Give us the 18, buddy. You do that. Yep. He does that a few times every year. Yeah. So I, I like, I like the Dax, like Dax, CD, Gallup, Ingram. Is I really like in this game a lot as a as, as I a like I, if you want to take Lamb out of there, yeah, I like Dak, Gallup, Pollard, Ingram. I think that's fine too. Yep, that's a great yeah. one. Just because running Dalton back Schultz is, has been. I mean, I think 
Dak Prescott just loves Dalton Schultz. I mean, (laughs) it's funny the difference in Dalton Schultz stat lines. I know he was like dealing with an injury too, but the amount of times that the looks that he gets from Dak Prescott compared to like when Cooper Rush was playing is night and day. Like Dak Prescott just loves throwing to Dalton Schultz underneath. I think these are probably my two favorite tight ends on the slate cost adjusted. Obviously Travis Kelsey is everyone's favorite tight end every week, but I I think, you know, and Schultz is picking up a little bit more ownership. That's kind of why I was like, okay, well, if I like Ingram almost about the same and I like the Dallas, we like Gallup and, and such, I think you can leverage the field a smidge with the Ingram side of things. But I mean, I'm not, it, it's, I'm not writing off Dalton Schultz. I, w- I would be playing Dalton Schultz as well in, uh, in stacks, not in stacks, whatever. I think he's one of the best, you know, the ownership's coming in too, but I think he's one of the best tight end plays on, on the slate. All right. We do have a couple more games we wanted to hit. Um, let's do Chargers Titans because I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend that much time talking about the Bucks. Sorry. Sorry, Matt. Uh, no, I don't but, either. I just uh, th- that that they're even on the agenda was yeah. Something. <laughs> Chargers uh, the Titans being on the agenda is kind of uh, fascinating too. But Chargers Titans is really fun because we have this Titans defense that Dario just outlined, uh, particularly their pass defense. They, they they do this stupid old school uh, right scheme like like the Bucks did. Let's stop the run. And then we're going to be susceptible to the, to the pass while every other offense in the yeah. NFL. I don't is know if anyone has to told them you. this yet, but passing is actually more efficient than running the ball. So you're better off being better at stopping the pass than stopping the run. I, Mike Vrabel, if you're out there. It's amazing. Oh, Vrabes. But so we get it doesn't the matter. It's like they're, they're, they're in a division with Jacksonville, Indy and Houston. He doesn't it's not like they're going to. I mean, if if they do, wow! I guess Jackson Jacksonville two could games. force this. They're they're two games behind, yeah. and they, they have to play each oh, other man. going one more time in Week 18. I, I'm kind of keeping an eye on that division oh, race. Oh, that's God! That's a great. Po- I didn't realize they, they still have could to play each other again. Oh wow! Jacksonville actually has a much better point differential as well. They could like, easily Tennessee could easily whittle this whole lead away just by mm-hmm. running the ball. <laughs> Unbelievable! I oh, I want this to happen so badly. I want this team to be held accountable. Yes. Well, and so where where I think it starts is this week. Now it is interesting because obviously Derrick Henry has a pretty good matchup against the old Chargers. You know, uh, paper thin run defense. The Chargers, however, have just as good of a matchup through the air. And as Dario said, I think if I'm going to lean into something, I would like it to be a really effective passing game. And so the Titans are going to be pushed here 100% just like last week. I don't, you know, I think Derrick Henry is going to be successful. But how successful is he going to be, you know, at 8K in DFS? And and if they are getting shredded on the other side, Dontrell Hilliard is out. Um, he suffered a neck injury last week and was ruled out pretty quick for, for this week. So theoretically maybe that puts Derrick Henry with some more pass catching volume it's it's a it's an interesting game because um I just really expect the Chargers to shred through the air uh and Mike Williams is really cheap and not that popular uh so Mm -hmm. I you guys got to talk talk me through this one how are you approaching it Dario yeah I think this is the cheapest that stacking Justin Herbert with Mike Williams and Keaton Allen will maybe ever be like I think this is like this is this is kind of like my highlighted play of the week in um, the first mover show that I do on Mondays. And I just think that, like you said, Mike Williams, he's fully back. He 
crushed last week, and I'm also surprised that he's only at 11, 12 percent at 6,300. I mean, that is just criminally low against this defense. Too, it would be one thing if they had a tough matchup, but everything's lining up for Justin Herbert to just light the Titans defense up with Williams and Keenan Allen. So this is, I think this is my favorite play of the week is to stack the chargers. And it, obviously it's never going to be the cheapest stack, but I think onslaughting that passing game, you can include Eckler or Everett in that too. Mm-hmm. I think is absolutely my favorite play of the week. What do you think, Matt? I mean, God, <laughs> yeah, let's go Herbert, baby. Herbert with these weapons, it's amazing, right? It's amazing when you have your weapons. Like Jalen Hurts <laughs> yeah. has Smith and has Brown healthy. He's smashing. Right? Mm-hmm. This is what happens. So he gets the weapons back healthy, and now we have this Tennessee matchup. It's 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 almost too good to be true. So sure, I'm 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 happy to see Jalen Hurts get the 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 max ownership. He deserves it. You're goddamn right. He does. That's a man right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also happy to play more Herbert than anyone else this week. Mm-hmm. I love and, it. Are you are 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 you just really focusing in on Mike Williams, Dario? Or are you gonna sprinkle some Keenan? Josh Palmer's probably a little too expensive for those guys being back. And then and I know you mentioned Everett, but I was just curious about kind of Keenan and and Mike because I I just can never really click Keenan Allen. Maybe that's a leak. I don't I don't know. But it's just hard for me to not just not just stick with Mike Williams here. So, uh, Eric. Keenan Allen has had 14 targets in each of the last two games. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. It's widely known. Um, <laughs> so. You got to play him, man. Ah, God damn it. Here comes the, the first 40-point Keenan Allen game in years when I don't, when I don't play him. You got to play him. You can't, Come back with my... you can't fade him, man. Do not fade him. So are you, are you, I think you I, just want him in doubles. How are you kind of approaching the Herbert? Yeah, I think that basically because... like I would mix and match between like Williams, Eckler, Allen and Everett, probably in that order. Like I think because Eckler is only like 8% projected ownership, mm-hmm. Eckler is going to get his 10 targets. Like you're going to, I think there's going to be a lot of like my favorite double stack is probably Eckler and Williams get the the deep threat and the long like the the you know the big touchdown threat in Mike Williams and then you know Austin Eckler's like 12 underneath targets <laughs> I think there's there's probably a world where I'll build some triple stack lineups with Allen Williams and Eckler and then you know just like punt plays everywhere else I do think that you know I just talked about this when we mentioned Chig while we were talking about the last game but I think that when you look at ownership, it makes a lot of sense to pivot to Hooper. Like he could just as easily get the touchdown. He gets the red zone targets. He's running as many or more routes most weeks. I think that given the disparity in ownership, I think you probably pivot to Hooper, pay the extra. No, he's cheaper too. $100. Yeah. I was going to say cheaper. I I get it guys. We're talking about, we're talking about like a, a full blown tight end committee. In 2022, <laughs> oh my God, the state of this tight end position—I can't do it. I can't. I can't go Hooper. You guys, I'm out. I'm out. Okay, I am out. I'd rather. I'd rather go Cameron Braid or something. You guys want to go Hooper? Oh that's, God, that, that's what we're talking about. When you guys are doing what we were, Otten versus 
Brett is we got, so bad. We gotta change the we gotta change the conversation. This is from terrible. Hooper versus Meanwhile, Kimmer what Bright. I think is interesting, yeah, I'll, I'll do your favor. Okay. <laughs> so what's interesting is you've got Everett sandwiched between Schultz and Komet yep. and Ingram. It's perfect. It's perfect. His price is up enough, 4.3K, where you're just going to get a lot of people not playing him because, like, hey, it doesn't work as well. Da, da, da. I got to like, double stack with the wide receivers and then I have my ecklers. And... You know, in a vacuum, I absolutely love Everett. More Everett, than, baby. I think more that's the story of, here at tight end. Is like, we Hooper. have plenty of choices this week at tight end. You have a Konkwu. You can play him a little bit. Though though he is so chalky, I don't know, the chalk might come down on him. That's hard yeah. for me to believe. I, I don't know. I'm still probably going to play some. I don't know. He was quite. real chalky at 2700 last week. Now it's a 400, but then he paid everybody off. So yeah, he's, he's not Hunter Henry's well, out there. Sure. There's just options, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. There's options. You got Dulcich against uh, Arizona, I believe. Yep. So yeah. there's. This price zone, there's a lot of options. I don't think you need to worry about Tennessee, uh, and I'm not. Uh, but I, but you're right. It's 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 a bit tricky in terms of. Yeah, I think it's... rarely play a non-mobile quarterback without a run back that does not. Yeah, seem I think like a good idea. I yeah, feel so like we got we got to find somebody. I just don't. I don't d- dumpster diving for Austin Hooper. I think is a mistake. I think. So what the, do you? What do we like on the Titans? The world where you play um, a Derrick Henry run back is probably where you stack Herbert with maybe like Williams and Everett and just get like the cheapest options on Herbert. Mm-hmm. Play Henry on the way back because I, I mean, I can't get very excited for Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook Akine. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I think I gotta go Westbrook Akine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what i i just the, the the names we've been discussing on this on this here show is it's uh, an encyclopedia of uh, dude when it, when, when burks is out he gets eight targets and scores touchdowns yeah i mean i'm i'm i don't what he really does have that much of an issue no it's what he does so i think that's more of a move than hooper i'll say that I can't believe this is a conversation, <laughs> but yeah, what I, what, I'm going to put my thumb on the scale and I'm going to say, I'd rather play Westbrook Akine than Austin Hooper. I just think we've already, like we've already seen Westbrook Akine's best, which is that game where he had two miraculous long touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just praying for one of those to happen again, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just not very exciting on the Titans run back side as a whole. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that it's fine to play him. Uh, my larger point is I want some Everett, baby. Right? I'm all about mm-hmm. point chasing both Ingram and what Ingram did last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, same, same, that's, same where, I, that's where I see some edge mm-hmm. here in, same in terms of this particular stack. And I, I think that it's it's pretty remarkable that Everett got eight targets last week when all the Chargers' weapons are still healthy, which true we hadn't seen since week one. Week one, Eckler or Everett had four targets. With and you're all asking the... Eckler at eight point five k to do it all in the receiving game, which he has done and can do. I don't have a strong case for Eckler this week. 
No, I, I definitely prefer Everett. And, and frankly, to be totally honest, and this is also not a me thing. Like you said, Gallup is definitely a, a me kind of a play. Derrick Henry is never a me kind of a play. But, you know, I, I would forego Eckler in lieu of Henry as your bring back mm. if you are adamant about having a bring back from the Titans with like, so how I would build the lineup would probably be Herbert, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett with Derrick Henry there at, you go. At, at running back, there um, you go. I think and, would be my favorite way. A full Eckler fade is absolutely fine. I think so. We, we've yeah, already outlined it, a lot of running backs, right? It's just Pacheco, with that front seven. It, it, yeah. It's Pollard. hard. It's hard to, it's hard to think of a scenario where against the Titans, Eckler's the guy that's burning you. Right, well, right, because it has to all come through the, you know, touch obviously touchdowns, but the the yards got to come through the air, and it's just tough at eighty five hundred, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. You know, a lot of times he's going to score a touchdown from the eight yard line or something on the ground. He's not able to. That Titans don't allow that shit. It's not yeah, happening. They just they, they they just let you throw easily. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, not a why we play not a thing Lane. you see against them. So now we're we're and. He's been remember, remember most of Eckler's production this year has been with one of those two receivers hurt or out. Right. So and now we're saying, well, he needs to he needs to get there mostly through the air with a, a healthy Allen, a healthy Williams and Everett underrated. Bless you, Dario. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I didn't hit the mute. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So I'm um, all aboard. So Eckler's ownership's not high, but it's probably going to be no. around, you know, six, seven, eight percent. Yeah. Call so it 8%. Th there's, you could just make all those guys are dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The rake is, the rake is, the rake is theoretically uh, paid there. Yeah. I just like some of these other backs, you know. Yeah. You uh, we talked pay about Derek Henry. With, uh, without fading Eckler, pay your rake. Um, love you, Eckler. Austin Eckler, love yeah. you. Great personality. Awesome work ethic. Super skilled player. Love you. Not playing you this week. <laughs> Let's hit really quickly uh, this this our last game on our list: Bengals Bucks, which is probably I can't believe we're saying this. Also, uh, in 2022, that the Bucks games are very difficult because you never want to play any Bucks. Uh, but their you know their defense is getting more and more banged up. They're losing secondary pieces. Vita Vey is out. It's becoming a little bit of a of a shit show for the Bucks. If their division wasn't so bad, we might be talking about, you know, shutdown season for some of these Bucks guys here down the stretch, but they're fighting for the playoffs and they get a Bengals team who looks to be getting T Higgins back. Tyler Boyd is questionable, Hayden Hurst is still out, but it looks like T is going to play. That's not a guarantee, but he fully practiced today. Hmm. What Dario are you focusing in on other you can talk about Jamar Chase, <laughs> but is it really kind of just we're we're just riding Chase right now, or you know overall Bengal stacks are are just enticing to you, or just kind of what's your thoughts on the Bengals? Yeah, I mean it's, I think it's so hard with T Higgins after what we saw last week. I'm surprised. Looks like his ownership projects for about six percent. I'm surprised it's even that high because I would think no one can trust him right now. Yeah. He ran one route. Um, Which apparently, did you hear this this story? I, I, they didn't say when he got hurt, so we don't really know that. I would assume in pregame or something, because they mm -hmm. decided he wasn't going to play, despite he wasn't being on the injury report. He snuck onto the field without oh, his coach's geez. permission for that one snap, and that's what they caught him and yanked, and yanked him back out. So he wasn't he wasn't even going to play that one snap last week. 
Was that for yeah, his that's... contract or something? Why did he do that? <laughs> I don't know. He's an idiot. Is that a bonus <laughs> thing? I don't know. No, I mean, you imagine he's, he's still on his rookie contract. I would imagine he doesn't have any weird Yeah, well, well that's what cause... I'm saying. That doesn't make sense. He just wanted to play and be out there with he the dudes. that hungry? Oh, my God, I got to play him this week. <laughs> well, would you would you want to stand on the sideline and watch Trenton Irwin play for three hours? No, I know, no, I wouldn't. But I, 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 I think we all have uh, been listening to enough podcasts and hearing analysis on Chase being a league winner in fantasy football in the in the fantasy playoffs. That uh, that that also applies to DFS. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're going to want to play a lot of Chase this week, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. I don't know what a lot is too much. For a lot of people, but uh, I'm looking at the ownership right here. Chris Cimino has him as only the fifth most owned at 16.3%. The chase rule, which we've established week in last few weeks, uh, add 10, whatever that is, right? <laughs> Remember that? Uh-huh. I think we said, uh, was it Zay Jones or someone else? We said someone was at 25%. We said at most 15. No, that wasn't Zay. Zay was I think it was Amon Ra, maybe. Amon Ra. That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay, so that was what. Zay, zero. Okay, Z is for zero. Uh, When he's he's rostered highly. Uh, And then we had when we flipped the script, we said it was 15 chase, 25% ownership on Amon Ra. We said flip it and go 15, 25 uh, so yeah, I think Jamar Chase floor in your portfolio twenty five percent. Yeah, I think that so is... too. I mean, the Bucks secondary is banged up. Jamel Dean was ruled out today. They have, I think, multiple guys on the IR. I can pu- I'll pull up their injury report. Antoine quick, Winfield but... is questionable, but I'm not sure that he's going to play um, either. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a disaster. The Bucks are Tom kind Brady of a threw his life away for this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, he did. It's bad, but I think epic miscalculation um, there. I, I I think it's mostly this game is somewhat straightforward. I'm not saying you can't play a Mixon or a Higgins or whatever. I think that's a little bit of personal preference, but it really is just screams Jamar Chase. Everything that Matt said and Dario has said for weeks about Jamar Chase just feels like the smash in this game, particularly on the Bengals side. But can we get anything? From the Buck side, are we kind of just like Jamar Chase or bust? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, we talked about how kind of bad, bad everything's been. But, you know, passing volume is going to be passing volume. They're going to throw. They're going to have to throw. Can we can we get any Evans, Godwin, et cetera, in our lineups? I think that – so Mike Hilton, I'm pretty sure, is the slot corner for the Bengals, and he's been ruled out. He's, you know, pretty good player and a key part of the their secondary – I think that Chris Godwin is the one guy who I'd be open to playing. I haven't checked the ownership on him yet this week because I feel like he's always one of those guys who projects pretty highly. Yeah. He's about 12%. Not, you know, I would, I would like that to be a little bit lower. I think you probably play a little bit less than that of Godwin, but I think that he's, he's been Brady's go-to target lately. Like we said, Mike Evans has face planted the last few weeks. (laughs) Um, I think, so I think that that's the way to go. I mean, Look at these are Chris Godwin's target shares or target per game since week six 12, 13, 11, 10, 8, 13, 13, 9. So he's you can pencil him in for at least nine targets. And with the Bengals missing their slot cornerback, I think that could be just enough to be the run back you want. Godwin's gonna have a week, baby. He's gonna have a week. This feels like this is very oh wow this is this is strikingly similar 
to the Michael Gallup situation. And Michael, imagine Michael Gallup, but really good. <laughs> yeah, like a star, like a star, a legitimate star. Yeah, like if Michael Gallup was really good, he'd be Chris Godwin, and you know he'd be <laughs> instead of getting seven targets a game, he'd be getting eleven. Right? Yeah, and and then but now they're both recovering from an ACL tear. They haven't been themselves. You know, they face the 49ers as all these things, and then the game comes along where everything kind of clicks into place. And oh, here's the 15 targets. Here's the 130 yards and two touchdowns we were looking yeah. for, for from Chris Godwin. I mean, if you take out, sign me up. Once you remove his week one game where he only played a third of the snaps, where he hurt his hamstring because he came back a little bit too soon, the other 10 games he's played this year, on average, he's over 10 targets per game. He's an animal. 105 yeah. targets. Chase Godwin's skinny stacks are nice. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I think that's the way to play this game. Nice. I like it. Um, uh, how much Burrow? Are you gonna gonna play some Burrow though too, or just focusing in on Chase? I don't. I think it's tough to play. I mean, I think if you're gonna play Burrow, you you include T, and you just hope that T Higgins is healthy enough to to be himself. Because you can't really I, single stack Burrow. I, I think Hurst can, is hurt. I think you can single stack him with Chase, and just say, okay, it's the Chase explosion. You know, Chase gets two or three, and it's kind of a, a dabble of <laughs> Trent Taylor. You know, T can have a good game, but not pay off his price. If T were cheaper, I think, um, I, I just think, and Burrow's running enough, right? Mm-hmm. You know, only 10 yards last week, but six more carries, 11 before that, nine before that. You know, he's got a bunch of rushing touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not Jalen Hurts, of course but there's a little bit more juice in Burrow's legs. Now he's another year removed from the injury. I think you could play Burrow Chase with Godwin as your only stack of this game. It's a little thin, but I am with you. Uh, He he is sixth among quarterbacks in red zone carries and fifth or fourth in rushing touchdowns with five of them. So yeah, there's definitely some upside for Burrow in that direction. Skinny main stack, which is fine. Right, it's fine. It's a little bit of that. I think if you consider Hertz and Fields one quarterback, <laughs> like yeah. you know, in 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 sort of your exposure to that game is X, and you're you're not going to play Brady. We're not going to play Tannehill. We're not going to play a Texans quarterback. We're not going to play. We're not going to play. You can play, but we're not going to play Lawrence. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I think that as your fifth priority quarterback six priority quarterback, depending on how you, you, you do the math there. Sure. Sure. I, I think it's a dabble situation. Um, but I, I want more Mahomes. I certainly want a lot more Herbert. I want more Dak. I'll say that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. However you can, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of where I would put him. He's a, maybe a little bit closer to Mahomes for me after Hertz, after Dak, after Herbert. And so then you get to like Burrow, yeah, I, I, Mahomes. Mahomes, and then uh, Mahomes, and then mm-hmm. right. And you, like you said, you Hurts include Fields. And, and, Fields kind of like Fields and Burrow. Spot. I think yeah. you would have a similar ownership on. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I, I think, mean, there's I think that makes sense. Just talking through it, there's a lot of good options on this slate. Like I think we're you know this is a slate where there's five or six quarterbacks that we want to mix in, and and that's you know exciting for a ten game slate. And, um. The interest. So a lot of the guys that we have talked about, as you see, I have it sorted by projected ownership at quarterback now: Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. I think the most interesting part to me is that 
you know, I like I like Burrow maybe even a little bit more than these two guys do, but I don't even have to do that because I think Justin Herbert is all of our favorite quarterback oh. and he's the lowest owned Lock out of all down. of those top guys. So, you know, uh, that was part of why I'm like, okay, Burrow at 3% or whatever, you know, seems kind of nice, but I can get that same, almost that same leverage with Herbert and almost with Dak, you know, if everybody's going to play Hertz. Yeah. And I yeah. think with Herbert, you have um, like maybe Burrow chase gets there, but if you play Herbert and things play out the right way, you've already got like two or three other pieces in your lineup that have smashed. So I think that there's, just more weapons for Herbert at the moment. And I mean, Herbert can score a rushing touchdown. I know he hasn't been like yeah. Burrow, but it's not like he's physically in, you know, he's not coming into the year. He was known as a more mobile quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And he's actually been, you know, this was something every week I'm, when I'm doing our projections for player profiler, you kind of check on how much quarterbacks have been running the ball just to attribute them their share of the carries in an offense. And I noticed that Justin Herbert has had a very strong, and steady uptick for the last four or five weeks based on, you know, his season average. Obviously we know he had that rib injury early on. I think he's getting back to being more himself and getting that four five, six carries in a game, as opposed to like one or two when he didn't really trust his, his body to run the ball. Makes total sense. I did want to bring up uh, swaggy P mentions. You don't always have to force a run back in your stacks and skip. We're definitely, uh, uh, very big proponents of, he says, skinny stacks can also get there any given week in tournaments. Trust me, uh, probably no one says skinny stacks, m- maybe even more than Matt. Than Matt. <laughs> we talk about it every single week. It's our, it's like our favorite thing. Oh, to... no, he's he's actually, no, Eric, he's talking about very thin oh, burrow, uh, primary single, stacks. He's talking see, about thin primary stacks. Stack. And, yeah, like and a single the reason stack. why, just, just so Swaggy understands, the reason why we prefer additional correlation is when those games hit that we have picked, the probability that you're going to be, you know, getting one of these, you know, super payout outcomes yeah. is just a lot higher. The probability that if just Burrow and Chase hit, you've then got to like like Dario laid it out perfectly. You've then got to ace more positions. So the probability that one of those particular lineups, like a in this in the world where we're doing double stacks with Herbert and single stacks with Burrow, it's a lot harder to ace a Burrow Chase stack than it is a Herbert Mike Williams stack, for example. Yeah, I that's totally all we're talking agree. about. That's just that's just the the core benefit of correlation, and we as a philosophy believe in dialing up the correlation. Totally agree. Brad Brad says it basically what you said. You know. What do you win when you win is what I would call like, what do you get when you're right and what you get when mm-hmm. you're right by correlating within these games, the whole point of the show, the whole, and to be clear, the whole point yeah, of the show call is, it is the stack fest for a reason, <laughs> right? It is, but it is also to talk through, uh, you'll hear us a lot of the time say, I don't want, you know, this is a Matt will say, this is a skinny stack game. I'm not playing, you know, we're not games, mm-hmm. right. Or, or, we talked about the Eagles. We were, you don't have. We just we said on the first game. We're like, you know, no one says nothing says you have to play a bear. To- I totally. So I totally agree with that premise. Every game is different. Every every situation is unique. But the whole point of this show is to figure out where those where those outsized gains are. In and, and I would say one games. more thing. One more thing. You, when you onslaught a game, for example, you're allowed to have more one-off plays. Okay, this is something we've not talked about, I don't think, yet. 
but it's important. When you onslaught, you're allowed to have more one-off plays. If you decide to go down this road of a, 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 a thin sort of Burrow, Chase, Godwin, right? You must, not must, but the probabilities suggest you're better off going ahead and doing these mi micro stacks or skinny stacks, whatever way you want to think about it, in the other games where you go, well, I said Dorset Pacheco, right? You want to go <laughs> full mansion on a Dorset Pacheco, but you're going to want to do it. You're going to want to at least you're going to want to you're more incentivized almost in, in, our, in our in our philosophy required to do that in though if you're going to go light on on your primary stack you better bring in a secondary stack yeah mm -hmm. it's a it's just it's, it's you know there are a million ways to skin a cat you will see good tournament teams that don't do all of these little things but the whole premise you'll is... also see teams winning a million dollars with no correlation <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the most frustrating yeah it has it happens all the time people but i like to think about it as a dfs lineup is the equivalent of a parlay you got to hit you got to hit a, a very 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 long parlay and 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 it's not like a parlay is easier because you it's just like a yes no you got to hit the nuts like you have to hit the best it's not just like did this guy score a touchdown right That's this right. isn't the same game parlay this is like a you got to hit the every leg of this parlay is a really low probability event so in order to make it easier on ourselves we correlate those events from within that right if Jamar Chase hits, well, Joe Burrow probably did well, right? But then, so then Chris Godwin has more opportunity because the right he's in a better situation to to produce. As that example from that, the Chargers, right? Derrick Henry rip. I mentioned Derrick Henry, you know, instead of Austin Eckler. Derrick Henry does the Derrick Henry rips off a couple big long runs. Now Justin Herbert's down by fourteen. Now you got yourself a game-winning stack, right? It, it wasn't necessarily about the individual plays. It was about how you constructed that lineup to get less things right. It's really that's really you're just trying to make it easier on yourself. That doesn't mean it has to be right. You'll see really good players that have some kind of crazy lineups, but they always do have some form of kind of correlation. It may not be the correlation you're thinking about. They may just onslaught the Eagles, right? I, you can take a tournament down that way with no bear or whatever. But there are, there are forms of correlation. That that's the point. That that's really what we're trying to get to here. Mm -hmm. um, on that note, as we get out of here, I don't think I have a. I, I, normally, I I can almost feel like I can guess what you guys are going to say here as our as we sign off on the show. I'm terrified Matt's going to pick Philip Dorset as his uh, conviction play. But if you have not watched the show, we always sign out with kind of a conviction call. What is the one thing you need to have? in tournaments and the, all three of us kind of come up with our own little guess here. Let's start with uh, Dario. What's the, what's the week 15 tournament winner? I think for me, it's gotta be the Justin Herbert to Mike Williams connection. I'm, I'm shocked. It's not chalkier than it is. So hopefully I'm not jinxing that, but <laughs> at, at this ownership, I think that that's like a, a, a smash for me. Obviously we like the, the Dak stacks and mega stacking the Eagles too, but I think, the Chargers against the Titans, like we saw last week with Trevor Lawrence, just how susceptible this Titans pass defense is. I think there's we the Chargers are still cheap because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are kind of on the mend from injuries. There's just a lot of things coalescing in the right direction for Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. And then, you know, whether it's Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett as that, you know, extra piece in your double sack, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I think we're going to see a bunch of players that are finally hitting their stride post-injury. 
whether it be even even the, the mild injuries that didn't cost them games from Justin Herbert and his rushing to Michael Gallup to Chris Godwin. I think this is a big week for that. It's also a big week for just uh, not making it complicated. Fantasy football doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> when the Chiefs play the Texans and they have <laughs> a workhorse back, you play that guy, whether he runs a 4-3-7 or not. It just so happens this guy runs a 4-3-7. <laughs> so fantasy football doesn't have to be hard. You can take the no-brainer plays and you know enjoy them even more when they're at low ownership for unspeakable unknown reasons uh and feel free to not play uh chalky bad players all these very basic things don't make it hard don't overthink it uh and uh enjoy enjoy these players uh, finding finally rounding into form uh players that we love like uh, like like chris godwin I love the rounding into form because it really does kind of encapsulate everything that we were talking about. Like, like you said, even like Mike Williams coming back from injury, uh, Isaiah Pacheco rounding into form as a rookie. And my guy that I'm attaching onto here, Miles Sanders, you mentioned that you don't have to make fantasy football hard. Everybody's excited for the Eagles. No one's excited for Miles Sanders who has two 30 plus point games in the last three. You know, it's a, it's a dream. He's, he's even maybe even more so than Pacheco taking on, uh, uh, you know, cannibalizing that backfield more exactly. for himself, and and uh, Matt cited all the red zone and and goal line carries he he's been getting. Miles Sanders just feels like an absolute stone cold smash to me. Play him with Pacheco. Play your Chargers stacks. Play play the bleed backs on the Chiefs against the Texans and the Eagles against the Bears. That seems like a pretty good recipe to uh, score some fantasy points mm-hmm. to me. So tie that all together, and I think you got a pretty fun, pretty fun tournament lineup and we didn't have to mention philip dorsett and equinemia st brown thankfully so that'll do it here for us uh roto grinders player profiler stack fest for week 15 we will be back of course in week 16 hopefully uh to do some to do some victory lapping but good luck to everybody and uh, we'll see you next friday 